Report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week we're bringing you an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and behind-the-scenes stories of all the magic that came together to make it happen. My name is Mitchell Mells, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount. With me is my partner, Brandon Hobbs, former Head of Resources Management. Brandon, how are we doing today? Good, good. Uh, for the most part. For the most part. You know, what's What's the... Uh, the last percentage is there. I in in preparation for this episode, I, I do what I usually do, and I um, uh, visit the restroom for about twenty minutes. I like it, Good. and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you just you just gotta you know take a load off, drop a load and off even. I was uh, you know take the take the Cosby kids to the pool, mm. right? I always said the California raisins, but you know. It's the difference. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> so I was on Twitter and I was reading a thread. Um, this is something that comes up very often on the Internet. Hmm. And I can't help but think it's it's complete cope. Okay. And it's, it's quote, it's pronounced gif, not jif. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... And the cope. I don't know about you. The but... cope is that phrase, right? That's not your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I don't know about you, but I, I remember a time before, you know, everyone had the internet mm-hmm. uh, in the palm of their hand, and uh, it was it was weird to use the internet for twelve hours a day, like we do now. Right. I remember a time when this wasn't controversial at all. Everyone said "jif." Well, that's how it's pronounced. And then yes. And then uh, a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of normies, I guess you would call them, decided to uh, to join in on the fun. They pronounced it "gif" once, got corrected, and then got mad they got corrected. So now it's a crusade. That is against Jif. That's a um, a tale as old as time, <laughs> where somebody gets corrected on a minor issue, and and thus can never walk back on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> it totally is too, uh, and it's it's so stupid because it's like who cares? Uh, and now they've made it into something I care about. Right now, I hear people pronounce it "gif," and I'm like, "That's just that's not how you pronounce it. That's that was never how you pronounced it." Hmm. It's insane. So I'm I'm kind of quietly seething about that today. Was it you? Somebody made a pretty good point. I think it was you, where the creator of of the GIF format died. And there was a mock reaction, like, oh my god, um, I feel so bad for him and his family, but I don't give a shit how he pronounces it, it's fucking GIF. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was me. <laughs> yeah, he died really recently, huh? Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't think it was a deserved death. It was undeserved. No, no, no certainly not. Um, I don't know why it happened, I don't know why it had to happen like that, but... You know, well, uh, God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Mysterio, like the Spider-Man villain. 
Right, who too works in mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange? He works in strange ways. Right. And Strange Ways is the name of a Smiths album. (laughs) Okay, deeper, deeper. Well, no, that's just... That's just a fun fact. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was was very fun. I thought so. I'm glad you think so, too. Uh, So so how are you doing today? Um, I got my... I got an espresso. I've been into espresso recently. Um, Hold on, let me... me Like a double? Let let me... Hold on. I have an order here. This is one of the few things I've ever had the ability to customize in Japan, so I'm really savoring it. (laughs) Um, This is... uh, What is Budebe? Budebe? Mm -hmm. Budebe. It's got Budebe. 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 Well, it's got vanilla syrup. Um, It's got caramel syrup. It's... It's got something else here. I think it's a triple. Yeah, it is a triple. Tri- yeah, yeah, I, ah, I knew it. Triple spelled incorrectly. <laughs> Trilpy. <laughs> well, they have more. They have too many P's. But <laughs> it's a, apparently a triple espresso latte. So I, I'm wrong. It is a latte. It's an espresso latte. Mm. Okay. But yeah, that, which would make sense. I, I don't. I don't peg you as the kind of guy to to drink straight espresso. Right. Well. You don't pig me all that much at all anymore. Well, all right, we'll talk about this off off mic. But yeah, I'm really into it, and um, it's especially on days like today, where I'm just fucking exhausted from all my um, hard work and duties that I, I right. re- really need to pick me up. And currently, it's picking me up. Hmm. Kind of like when you're testing new walkie talkies. You know, are you picking me up? Are you picking me up? Oh, hold on. I'm reading what Brebe is. Okay. Is it like a type of milk substitute? I think so. Stava de Castama de milk. Yeah. Oh, get this. You know the shipping crisis? I know of it. Yeah, okay. It's completely halted the, um, the import of oat milk and almond milk into Japan. Oh, no. So I, um have been shitting myself a lot <laughs> with with the default milk. I go in there and like give me your default milk. And then they It looks it looks like there's some kind of ratio of of uh milk and and cream, okay? Of boudé to that, bay that you can yeah, that you can like customize or something. Weird. Interesting. Maybe it's like foamy. No, I think it's I think it's just the parts milk and parts cream that that like foamy at the distinguish mouth. Distinguish it. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Do they do that here? Um, you should go ask. And then be like, "Oh, could you write readier room on my cup?" <laughs> <laughs> That's readier room with a capital R. <laughs> Oh, and another capital R. <laughs> but not that one. The other R. The other R. <laughs> you get the cup, it's spelled wrong, you just send the whole drink back. 
<laughs> I saw something something on Twitter. It was a picture of someone's name in a cup, and they they said their name was like, um, God, what's what's a what's a normal name that has like a bunch of spellings? Um, Kate, maybe Katie. Katie. So like, yeah, Katie. Katie with an I versus Katie with a Y. Yeah, C K. Uh, so so she, so she tells them like, my name is Katie with an I, and it comes back, and it's just spelled E A T. I was expecting the full sentence with an I to be written out, but this is even better. Yeah, yeah, that would be good too. But uh, this, yeah, is... that really stupid. That's like that's like room temperature IQ type stuff. I don't know. I think there's got to be a cross section of um. Yes. My IQ is very low, but I also just don't give a shit, and I'm willing to do anything at this <laughs> point. Yeah, maybe. Because I, I mean, mean, definitely, you, you you get you get paid to write people's names on cups. Are you gonna hey. think about anything? Hey, they're Ooh. artists. The most obnoxious person I've ever met was a barista, barista, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or as they say in Japan, a bearista. If they're also bears. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> no, this is a real thing. It's a real marketing thing. If they're, if they're bit like the animal bears. Yes. So anyway, this guy, again, the most obnoxious individual I ever met, would just go on. He would we we would get drunk and he would go on about how um, barista women, like the barista at your local Starbucks, is just the sexiest individual you could. You could come across <laughs> what his theory, and based in part of him being a barista and uh. romanticizing the entire thing, he's like, "Ah, oh, dude, you know, you see her every morning, and she knows what you like to drink. Oh, and my she God. just gets you, man. And uh, you know, he would he would he would feel very proud. He seemed very proud of his various barista stories. He's he's trying to act like she's a, she's a bartender. Yes. Like, like the bartender argument makes sense because if if you're a hopeless alcoholic and you go to the bar all the time, you're probably better quote friends with your bartender than anyone else. Yeah, I don't know. It just all of this to me seems like it reeks of desperation. Which you know, if you're a mm-hmm. hopeless alcoholic at a bar, sure. But when when you're talking about the barista, it's kind of elevating the whole experience. On oh no, it totally is. On uh, in an undue way. I've never been to a Starbucks, and I'm like, I'm glad I know all the people behind the counter. They know me. They know what I like to drink. They know my right, use. Right. I go in and I say, ah, the use, please. The use. <laughs> <laughs> and then they stare at me blankly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, you know, I just have to remind them sometimes. That's all. You know. And then, and then they say, oh, okay, sir. It's me, August, the use, triple espresso. Um, Right, right, right. No, I, I, I would say I've, I've fallen in love with uh, Chick Fil A cashiers more often than Starbucks baristas. Yeah, but that's just because of their politics. <laughs> what can I say? It really gets me off. I saw a comment the other day. Um, somebody said, "Oh, I, you know, I really like Chick Fil A." Whatever they were praising Chick Fil A, and the reply was, "Oh." What's so good about Chick Full of Hate? Nice. Wow. 
and that one's gonna stay how, with how, me for a long time. How did they think that one up? You know that they kind of you know leaned back, cracked their knuckles, hard day's work's over, typing that one out. <laughs> Chick full of hate. That's great. Wow, that's a Chris Chan uh, slight that, right that there. Totally is. Well, what's what's so good about uh, chick uh, chick full of hate? <laughs> is that is that is that your Chris Chan, your David Lynch, or your um, Jordan oh, no. Peterson? <laughs> 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 they, they all kind of blend together, I guess. I think two of those people are from the Midwest, and then one of them is from the South. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. But they are a yeah. little. They are all. They are all a little off in the head now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's 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 hard to get. Uh... No, Jordan Peterson's from Canada. Oh, is he? I thought he was from yeah. also from Wisconsin. Now, here's a here's a theory I'm working on. Is David Lynch just the the intersection of a perfectly balanced talent and autism? You're saying that's what he is? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm totally. I'm supposing that. Yeah. Whereas Chris Chan, for example, is uh, those scales are obviously tilted very pure, far. Pure autism. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the new documentary episode came out today. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching that. Um, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to continue watching it. It's it it kind of exists for me to listen to roughly forty percent of it in the background. <laughs> yeah i guess i mean at this point what else is there to really talk about yeah it's i'm still gonna watch it but <clears throat> i guess it's nice because at this point everyone's attention was waning so there mm -hmm. is technically more new information here even if it's less interesting i suppose yeah yeah i i, I remember i i hadn't heard anything from the guy since he did that gamestop thing <clears throat> right where he maced he maced the employee and there was a good three years or so in between that and like his peak popularity maybe four mm. so and now in but, in the area covered in this it's when he's getting uh gaslit <laughs> by yeah by, yeah by people yeah so yeah there should be some some fun stuff it, it'll just never beat the highs of uh you know the the 12 year olds clyde cash trolling him pretending to be women yeah clyde yeah. cash yeah it's those phone calls. It's I mean this has been um posited many times before but Chris Chan has has a very similar trajectory to the to the internet as a whole um mm -hmm. in in so far as starting out as a pure kind of uh it, it, very enjoyable thing in a somewhat innocent way to just being a corruption of its former self as as it blows up yeah, sure. And that's that's you know that's sad. We cry. We cry. We cry. We cry. When angels deserve to die. <laughs> Sonic you singing father. <laughs> 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 father into the Stone Age. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we should probably uh, start talking about Star Trek. Yeah, but before we do that, we do have a question of the week um, from our fans who watch Star Trek and do not know anything that we just talked about for the past 15 minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, I people 
saying, oh, we don't want these bits at the beginning, it, it's either these bits or the show. The, the moment that this show becomes inconvenient for us, it's over. Yeah, so, uh, you know, count your blessings, we're still here. Yes. Alright, so this week's question of the week comes from Brendan in Boston, who says, Dear Admirals, what is your comfort show? Whenever I'm down or agitated, I like to watch The Mandalorian and calm down pretty quickly. How about you? Love the show, Brendan. Well, that's a great question. I think we all have our comfort shows where um, we recede into the little cloister of the of the bubble it provides and mm-hmm. um, and rejuvenate ourselves back to health like that capsule um, with all the liquid in the tubes um, that Vegeta was in for several seasons yes right um for me i always like to watch the office when i need a little comforting um there's something about the subtle humor of that show that makes it very very rewatchable yeah it's just very smartly written i think yeah oh yeah and smartly acted too it's um the type of quality television that you just don't get anymore. And I've seen every episode six, eight times. I'm on my ninth rewatch right now. But I, I'll be honest, I always skip Scott's Tots. It's a little too cringy for me with my... It's not comforting. Yeah, no, it uh, it, it kind of sets off your anxiety. Exactly, and I can't have that. I like to curl up with my blanket... And my book, I don't actually read the book, but I just like to have it there to pretend that I read. And um, put on some of The Office, and uh, it heals me. It's my Mm -hmm. healing show. It is, yeah. I would say my comfort show. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say it's The Office. Okay. Um, There's there's really nothing better than uh, on a rainy day having the window open. Uh, listening to the sounds of the rain outside, ordering a pizza, curling mm. up with my blanket and my cat, and a nice fresh cup of tea, watching The Office, and posting on Wiccan subreddits. Have you checked out um, Witches Against Patriarchy? Surprisingly, no. Uh, you gotta go to the WAP. It's good. The WAP, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Now here's here's another recommendation. Have you checked out the the Office Ladies podcast? No, have you? Yes, I have. Um, it's wonderful. They the Office Ladies are two of the former actresses on the show, and they go in and they talk about the Office. And wouldn't you know it? Me, I'm such a big fan of the Office that I, not only do I want to rewatch the episodes, I want to hear somebody talk about them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It'd probably say just a, a lot of mundane things about the uh, the production, the filming. Yeah, of, yeah. Of set episodes. Not only is it mundane, but it's also extremely important. So I'm very into it. Right, right. Um, do they ever go off onto little tangents about things that don't matter? No, it's only things that matter very, very much. For example, really? um, Jenna, one of the two women, Jenna... She played Pam on the show. If you remember Pam, she was one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
She went on this story about how she would choose her cardigans every for every day of filming because they were her wow. cardigans. And wow. um, yeah, I never knew that. I never knew that. And you wouldn't so know how did, that. how did she do it? Well, she used a die. Uh, she she was really innovative in that she used an eight-sided die. And um, there's only seven days in the week, of course, but the eighth one, she said, was the wild card. And uh, yeah, and sometimes in the wild card, and this you're only going to know this if you watch that, listen to that podcast, but she would wear it inside out. And uh, uh, because she was no. usually filmed from the front, you wouldn't know. It was wow, uh, amazing. Wow. So you have to really pay attention to the seams on, on her elbows. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And back in the day you know, standard definition television, you're not going to know. Now, with right. the, with Blu-rays coming out and the Peacock streaming service, which I'm subscribed to so I can watch The Office every day, um, mm-hmm. you, you can see it in high definition. You look and you point, look at the seams. Um, wow. I think the, uh, the, the, the marathon episode, it's the opening of season three, is, um, you can see him in that. That's one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Highly recommend it. There's a, it's so wow. much, and it's this, it, it's art. Yeah, this this sounds like a, a readier room for the office, right? Which um, what wow. is what is an office but an extremely ready room? True, true. Everyone's got to be ready at all times. Right, right. Huh. So, big fan. Well, there's 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 your recommendation, uh, ensigns. I hope that. One day, the office, you know that thing that Congress does where they preserve culturally uh, relevant artifacts of film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hope the office stays as far away from that as humanly fucking possible. I I hope there's an office reunion. Oh, wouldn't that be nice to turn on Netflix one day and <laughs> it's the office colon 20 years later? And <laughs> Jenna Fisher's face is just sagging. It looks like a dolly. <laughs> uh, Hold on, let's 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 write the office um, reunion uh, special 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 special. So obviously they're gonna have all the same jokes. Um, you, they show up. Right, yeah, they, they, there has to be like a like an extended bit of something that already happened. Yes, I, I'm I'm picturing um, Oscar kissing Michael again. Just okay. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. Steve Carell's not going to show up. Right. He's uh he's too um he has too he, much self respect. He has self respect. He's kind of big time now. Right. Much like his nose, he's large time. Right, but that's the thing. You know, they come like, "Oh, I, I hear Michael and Holly are doing very well in Iceland." Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but you're going to have everyone else. Uh, you might even get Will Ferrell back. Oh God, Will Ferrell. Um, just as an aside, it, I think the world at large kind of caught on to the Will Ferrell scam. All around uh-huh. the same time, because I don't think Will Ferrell ever ever did anything appreciably different in his in his acting or his comedy 
But everybody just right. decided around basically after Step Brothers came out that they didn't like Will Ferrell anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. And I think The Office, his appearance on The Office came at right around that time where yeah. everybody says, oh, this isn't, uh, this isn't very funny. He's not very funny. Right. But it was the same yeah, And same he wasn't Will very Ferrell. funny. He wasn't. Right. But it, what, right. What, what was different? Nothing. Right. Who came after him as the as the boss? James Spader, who oh, that was was good. I liked him at that. It was very very good. Um, I mean, it he was, is, he's he's too, he's too good for the office, though. That's the thing. Well, he's he's obviously he's a good actor, but the fact that he was so uh, so tonally different, I guess, than mm-hmm. any any of the other characters, whereas Will Ferrell's like, oh, I'm I'm silly again. We have more silly, right? Um, and he gets a lot of unfair hate. But I, I thought he does. That was a, it was a good performance and a lot of good, well-written scenes with that character. Yeah, but he can and come also back. Lost in legal. That's right, along with Bill Shatner. Yeah, so it's all <laughs> coming back around. Yes. Do you think William Shatner will show up in the office reunion? <laughs> He's the boss. <laughs> Everyone's gonna go. Oh my God! It's Will Shatner. <laughs> He's like, no, that's my cousin. I'm Jorge Shatner. <laughs> he has a little mustache. <laughs> a little sombrero. <laughs> Just a little sombrero. <laughs> the idea of a little sombrero is in and of itself a great a great sight gag. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's kinda like just sitting precariously on like diagonally on the top of your it, head. Crooked. It's it's like those um Lolita fashion small hats that's like a yes, headband. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is on Bill Shatner's old fucking ancient head. This is uh this isn't Lolita fashion. It's Lolita fashion. <laughs> oh god. Lolita. I don't I don't know what what you're going for here, but but I'm in. You, you I'm just you, along. You, you, say it, you say it more Spanishy, and it's like a it's like a a guy calling out to a girl. All right, all right, right. Kind of like reverse poppy. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in for it. But yeah, the um, with the office being as uh, creatively bankrupt as it always has been, it's definitely going to go the route of a Fuller House eventually. I mean, what is the guy, Brian Baumgart? The, the Kevin guy, what's he doing? Aside from, <laughs> aside from becoming a, a Fiverr millionaire, which is apparently a true story. Oh my god, are you serious? I believe on that platform he's the highest paid individual. Oh god, what a sad life. And I mean, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a creatively and artistically sad life. On, yes. every, on every other metric, it's it's basically the dream. Right. And it's just imagine being known as like like you're popular because you were the funny fat guy on, on a show for white girls. You played that retard very well. Like that that yeah, that episode yeah, yeah. where they made you eat vegetables and you vomited. Right, right. Were, yeah. Yeah, you were a good fat retard. A true professional actor, a thespian mm. even. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize he was a thespian. Yeah, uh he came out a couple of years ago. Mm. Um I'm good for him. Yeah. Remember or that her. scene? Or her. They. Them. Zer. Remember that scene yeah. where they dropped the chili? Oh, classic. Mm. 
Everyone quotes that scene. They say the onions, you gotta undercook the onions. Everyone's gonna get mm. to know each other in the pot. And um, it's ruined chili discourse for the past 15 years. And it'll continue to ruin it. Oh, yes. Chili is now a meme food stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> At one point, everything's going to be a meme discussed uh, entirely within the context of crappy cable sitcoms. Still mostly The Office. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have office historians combing through the lines. <laughs> what new meme can we make? They played Call of Duty in an episode of The Office. They did. Which was bizarre to me. I don't know if that was product placement or what, but, um... Trey was in an episode of The Office. He was name-dropped. I don't think he was actually in it. No, he was in it. Was I don't think... Was he in it? I thought he was in it. No. Maybe he wasn't. No, I remember this because Stephen Colbert, um, is the one who does the name-dropping, and you can't have two guests in one episode. That's that's just ridiculous. Uh Anyway, let's talk about Star Trek. Yes, um, if you at home have a question of the week you want us to answer on our weekly question of the week segment, send it in to the ready room at gmail.com. That's with a capital T and two capital R's. Or you can tweet at us at the ready room. And if it's a good question, we will answer it. So it's a shame that we took I don't know, 29 minutes to get here because this week's episode, Yesterday's Enterprise, is great. It's going to come out and say it. I'm coming out. It's a great episode. I'm an I'm a Yesterday's Enterprise fan. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought it was, it was head and shoulders one of the best episodes so far of this season. I would put it above Who Watches the Watchers, which is a, an episode we both really liked. Yeah. Um, I would say it was better than that. And one of the best episodes we've seen so far for a number of reasons. Um, what did you think about it? So everything about this episode, I think objectively, uh-huh. uh, screams fucking great, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we have some awesome redresses, uh, very deliberate direction on, on a lot of things. Um, really cool plot. Yes. But I've never liked this episode as much as everyone else does. And I, I don't know if I can articulate why. I find it kind of boring at points. Mm-hmm. In the way that it, it reaches, you know, it, it starts well and reaches a, a nice ending, but there's something about the episode that I feel like it is just a little repetitive or maybe meanders a little too much. Um, and I, I, I found myself this time, too, just kind of checking out for some of it. So I don't I'm going to ask I'm going to probe into this in a moment, but if you were to if I were to predict what I think your problems would be. I think it would stem from issues with either the Guinan scenes or the Yar scenes and the Yar Castillo scenes. I would say, um, yeah, probably. I mean, Denise did not become a better better actress. No, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, she's probably worse. She didn't become a better um, woman either. No, no, no. Um, and the Guinan scenes are. Very repetitive, aren't they? Yeah, in a way. Um, I I think a lot of that is how vague they they had to write Guinan. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, if Guinan has any more knowledge than she shows in this episode, 
uh, it trivializes a lot of Picard's struggle. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's a lot of I don't know. It just is. This isn't right. <laughs> You're not supposed to be here. I don't know. You know, over and over again. And yeah. uh, that I agree. That's that. In and of itself, is not so compelling. I mean, it's I, I like Whoopi Goldberg's performance with that, but the the dialogue itself is yeah leaves something yeah, and, to be and, desired. And the 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 Yar Castillo stuff did nothing to endear either character to me at all. No. So I'm like, why are we spending time on this? I mean, it's the gimmick that Yar is back is kind of cool, but I don't like Yar, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to see more of her. Well, it's... Or at least have her do something interesting. Because mm. the entire episode is her, like, all we get from her is her explaining fake science mumbo-jumbo to this this character that has no personality at all. That's true. I, I think the idea of her sacrifice at the end of the episode is supposed to be more compelling. Um, but It's a cool idea, again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just and it's cool. It's cool how she learns that she's gonna die and stuff, and she's like, "Oh, I might as well go back to the past." And it's it, it's also cool because it sets us up for a whole arc that spans the series. So, yeah, uh, Tasha Yar had a canonically hard life. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but I liked the Yar stuff on the whole. I'm not going to say that she suddenly became a very engaging character, but Yar, just Yar existing and being in focus does a lot for this alternate parallel universe, alternate timeline. Oh, yeah, uh, it definitely kind gives of you that idea of, like, something's wrong. Like, right. You know, uh, in the same way, like, we kind of felt that on the set, too, when she was there. Oh, something's wrong. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, we went in for for filming the first day and there was just this stench that kind of pervaded the entire lot well, and uh i remember we looked at each other and we were like something's wrong what's the uh a negative synonym for nostalgia kind is of, there a negative i don't know but you, you can you kind of get what i'm, I'm driving at here I, right? I get where you're going yeah <laughs> yeah that that was yes. the sense that that pervaded everything during production <laughs> it's like oh, i remember this i don't like it but I remember it. <laughs> and it's it's funny because like as far as I know, a lot of like this this was one of the most brainstormed and rewritten and rewritten again sort of scripts I think we've had. Um and so a lot of work went into this I this idea of like th like the Enterprise meeting the Enterprise and this time loop type stuff. Mm. But um we only really solidified it when Rick finally acquiesced to Denise's groveling to be let back on the show. Right. right? Which and we was happening we in for the a while. Character. It happened for, for a very long time. She would attend every Trek convention uh, and just beg anyone she could to be let back on, uh, you know, saying, like, oh, you know, she, she made such a mistake and she'll do better this time or whatever. Right. Um, at one point, this is, I don't know if this is true. It's, it's, a, it's a famous legend. Um, she told Will, Will Wheaton, that she'd take his virginity if, if he just put in a word for her. Hmm. He, was, he was the only one, he was the only cast member at that convention, so she didn't really have a choice. Um, the odd thing is, though, uh, Will is still a virgin to this day, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Now, it's very apparent to anybody who's seen the promotional material for Picard 2 that 
Will features in. Um, you, you take one look at him and you know his status pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to me, it's weird because I heard that story from Will. And he's the only one I heard it from. But oh. he... It seems like he was kind of bragging about it, but in a way, he just kind of spread the word that he was a virgin at that age. Right. Which, right. you know, is not something you want to brag So I don't know. I don't... It's, I, I really, it's an unreliable narrator in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And just as a PSA, if you didn't lose your virginity at 13, you never will. Right, right. And everyone knows that you haven't lost it yet. Right. You're going to be an incel for the rest of your life, so you might as well get used to it. Yeah. And uh, we, all, we all know the virgin walk when we see it. <laughs> We're very familiar with it. Um, yeah, but, I mean... Like I said, the concept and everything around this show was really cool. Um, the script, in the end, I remember the script was it ended up having to be very rushed because we had to move up production in order to fit both Denise and um, Whoopi. Mm. So the final script, I, I know a few of the writers weren't entirely happy with it. So that could be where some of my issues come with it. Where if if they had as much time as they really needed, they might have ironed out some of the things that I I don't really like. Um, but I, this this isn't hmm? this isn't an episode for me personally. I know everyone loves it, but for me personally, I just I don't come back to this one very often. I think irons out is a good way to think about this um, in, in metaphorical terms because you you look at this episode and you say, oh, Worf's gone, Yar's back. Oh, the sets and the lighting and the shots are different. Um, oh, it was a cool time travel plot. And then you kind of zoom in and you start to see the wrinkles that haven't been ironed mm. out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. So I, I know I feel where you're coming from. I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. Okay. Fuck. Zoom tight. Ah, thank you. It comes out loose. Um, so I guess we can start chronologically. Oh, oh, that's a bold new direction. Right, right. Well, it's a time travel episode, so I figured uh, invoking <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, you know, we got to make sense of this. Yes. So. Um, so it starts out with one of the best, best, most humorous, I don't know, silliest scenes in the series. Yeah, very weird. You almost yeah. get the, I, I couldn't tell if Guinan was trying to get it on with Worf or what. I, you could take this a number of ways reading this scene. She's she's hitting on him. She's pranking him. She's, she's just uh, palling around. Who knows? <laughs> but she gives Worf oh. the prune juice hereafter known as a warrior's drink. and let the, me, the mimetic prune juice. Yes. Let me tell you, in Deep Space Nine, every time Worf is in Quark's, Quark makes sure to show up and say, Ah, oh, your prune juice, Mr. Worf. And, oh uh, my god yeah because he drank it one time this that is his drink now <laughs> this scene did give me a craving for prune juice though I oh yeah say that. it keeps you regular it's not a bad thing to drink it does it yeah. does no it is i there have been times where i've had to drink it uh in in large vast quantities mm. the thing with prune juice is i i i love it so much i'll buy a whole carton of it and then just drink it in a day uh, so Which yeah. is not good. I like it too, but I always stomp the prunes myself. 
Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, it's it tastes better when you got a little bit Even of yourself the in the accident? Oh, well, you know. It's... You gotta... You, you can't let them win. You gotta keep living life. <laughs> when you get a little bit of yourself in there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I talked over that one. <laughs> um... That's, that's almost fetishy, like like if you serve it to people. <laughs> yes, I. That's very evocative. <laughs> there is there was a news article. Okay. Uh, I want to say just a few weeks ago about a teacher, a high school teacher or middle school teacher woman, um, who served cupcakes to her class. Okay. Um, and Did she cupcakes... mix her period blood in them or something? No, no, no. She mixed her husband's come into the the cupcakes oh cum cakes <laughs> yeah yeah cum cakes <laughs> that's 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 like a that's like a dirty crab cake that's no good yeah yeah that's it's uh just thinking about it uh can you imagine if you're a kid in school and you just accidentally ate some some old guys cum i, I don't want to imagine that yeah <laughs> for what he it's wasn't worth. even attractive Oh, that's. I guess that's why they were convicted, right? Now, here right. was he convicted of this at all? The, both of them. Like, were they scheming together? Uh, they, they had to have been. Well, I can imagine a reality <laughs> she where she just collected it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go spit." I mean, more realistic. You know, because she's got a mouthful of cum. But um, right, 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 right. She uh, goes and like it collects it in a, in a jar and. I don't know how much you need for a for a thing of cupcakes, but here's another thing. How does anybody notice this? Like, how does this come out? I think I think they were talking about it a little too much. Oh, this is like which a, is silly. Yeah, this is like a fetishy posted on the internet thing. Like, look what I yeah, did. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it, uh, it, it probably got out because it was in like a text log or something. Right. Well, I mean, I guess if you're gonna do something so degenerate. How can you keep it to yourself? That's that's the thing. Part of the fetish is is letting people know you did it. Right. It's, it's kind of it's, committing the act. It's it's not about playing the games. It's letting everybody know <laughs> that you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, Woo baby. So yeah. So at this point, you know, uh, Worf and and Gaiden see this hole open up in space, and Worf gets called to the bridge. Right, and then. The ship comes out of the hole, and bam, bam, bam! We're in a well-lit show. Uh, I, I will say before that, Worf says "sensor." Yeah, not "sensor." He doesn't say "sensor" anymore. So the mystery um, goes deeper. But yeah, uh, we get like a cool little transition scene. Yeah, and uh, it's that's where we first see, see Yar when it cuts back, and she's just standing behind the card, and it's not. It's not, there's no, like, pan in on Yar with dramatic music. It's just right, a, right. kind of, uh, Captain, there's a ship there. Yeah, it's very understated, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, because it could be a lot a lot dumber about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yar shows up on the bridge, close up to her face. There's, like, a sting. Yeah. Com- uh, Lieutenant Yar, reporting for duty, Captain. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh... Cuts One intro. thing I don't understand is why uh, the Enterprise D, the alternate Enterprise D, which is more equipped for battle, 
I don't know why that necessitates having fewer seats on the bridge. You need more room to jump around when you get bombarded by photon <laughs> torpedoes. <laughs> to dodge the shrapnel. <laughs> so, um, fuck. What, what, what is... Okay, so the ship comes through and they they have to help it. That's the thing. Like, oh, this... The Enterprise C is the old one? Yes, yes, this is the C. Okay, I guess they wouldn't start from the back of the alphabet and work up. Um, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be dumb. Um, so they have to go over and help it, and immediately everyone is like, oh, it's from the past. We have to be mindful of the temporal prime directive. They don't say that, but they should have. Um, that would have been cool. And, uh, well, no, I guess maybe Starfleet wouldn't have a prime directive in times of war, because they're all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, alright. Good beats. Anyway... They're mindful of that. They don't want to fuck with with time. Um, so they go they go to help in a, a non obtrusive way. And yeah, yeah, Riker takes his a uh, his away team takes like a party. Yeah, to the one one thing I liked about this episode is that uh, Riker and Picard are not very friendly with each other. Yes, all. I noted that. I enjoyed the general hostility that existed between them. And it wasn't like in your face either. It was just like, oh, this is just how it is. Yeah, because they argue in the you know in the real the normal universe too. But uh, there's always it always seems like there's some kind of affection between both of them. And this one, there was just not that. There's none of that. Okay, the character's leaving the ready room, and he says, "Commander," and he turns around. And he's like, "I'm actually your best friend, and I I, I love you <laughs> <Yeah>. so much." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, it felt 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 more military that way. Yeah, which was cool. Um, it's. They they really made it feel different in every way that they could. I mean, the characters were different. Yar versus Worf, the tone was different. That the lack of um, what's a good word for it? Rapport, friendly rapport between yeah. the characters, the lighting, yeah. the sets, um, everything was. Can we just can we just say real quick how much better this is than the fucking Mirror Universe? Yeah, <laughs> it's a similar concept, but it's just done so much better. Well, it's not ridiculous. It's not silly. Yeah, right, right. people aren't wearing eye patches and growling at each other. <laughs> Barclay doesn't just kill Yar, <laughs> although he should. We all should. There's um, <laughs> there's that in Deep Space Nine. They also go to the Mirror Universe, and when you see Mirror Cisco for the first time, he's like, mm. I I don't even know how to describe him. He's like a he's like a gay pirate. Um. <laughs> And it's just ridiculous. So, and I think they know that, and they take all the Mirror Universe stuff as being more fun and, and yeah, tongue-in-cheek, sure. but you can't tell a serious story that way, and this is very much a serious story. Yeah, well, well, I mean, uh, if if you haven't been keeping up with Picard Season 2, um, I, have you been? I dabble. The, uh, the... Uh, Federation becomes a, a Nazi organization in the other timeline. Okay. What now? What is this based on? <laughs> did Did Picard like not do that adventure on Risa, and that's what led the Federation down the path of becoming <laughs> I, Nazis? I think Q did it or something, or I don't know. I can't remember. I don't really care. That sounds but, like Q. Uh, He's quite the meddler, you know. But in in Picard's office, there's just like the skulls of his enemies. For example, 
Well, like, you know, you get like a, I don't remember names, but you get like a, like a Romulan skull and a, a Klingon skull because, because skull? The, the Federation is trying to, uh, to take over the, the galaxy or whatever. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's just ridiculous and they're playing it straight. And isn't so. he dressed in all black? Like, like, a yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's very yeah. silly. By the yeah. way, this kind of brings me to another point I want to praise about this episode, which isn't quite like a something revealed at the onset, but I really enjoy the fact that the war depicted here is, is a hopeless situation for the Federation. Mm-hmm. That they are um, losing and dying, and uh, it's very bleak. Yeah, yeah, it is. Which I, I think just dovetails very well with everything else that was set up there. I mean, Ducktales? Yeah, Ducktales with uh, with the rest of the episode. It's nice. I would appreciate more of that, and maybe that's how we were able to get away with it. It's not the main timeline. It's not beholden to the same Bibles, but you know, more of that and less of uh, everything has no stakes and we're all best friends. <laughs> well, we we eventually get there. We do eventually, but it take. Took some, took some doing, really. Took, took some gene dying. Thank God for yeah. that. <laughs> Thank God for that. So they go to the Enterprise C, and they're helping everybody, and we get to see those stupid fucking flashlights again. Um, have you, have you ever? All oh, the flashlights. Yeah, I mean, have you ever stopped to think about these? No, not really. They were like the Trek flashlights. We used them in TNG. We used them in DS9, and they all came from Jim. Jim Shingle, the prop master. Um, <clears throat> he, what do we call them? The Shingle signals. Shingle signals. Yes, that's right. Yeah, right, that, right. That rings a bell. The Shing Sigs, for sure. Shing Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I, I think I don't know if he was just dedicated to making the actors like hold the most awkward devices imaginable, but their their hands are like crocked back at a ninety degree angle <laughs> to to use the flashlight. And these, if, if that was what he was going for, it's uh it's it's effective. It's gotta be because they not only do we continue using them in DS nine all the way through then, but they have to hold them the exact same way. And uh, I've heard cast members on numerous occasions curse the shin the shin sigs, um, mm-hmm. just because of how fucking awkward they are to use. But um, you know, Jim left his mark. I'll say that no one could mule him. Yeah, no, yeah, he he certainly did, uh, considering how long those lasted. Right. And they look like pretty effective flashlights from a you know a, a lumen standpoint. You're bright. You would think you would think the Federation would have like a handheld little device that just emits a, a big beam of light. This is a problem we've already solved. We have flashlights. Yeah, we- right. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> and you can just hold make a-, a smaller flashlight. <laughs> Everyone's always trying to design a smaller flashlight. But you have they, to... they could put them on their heads. Wear those stupid headlights, headlamps. Yeah, those spelunking yeah. flashlights. Yeah, you know, we learned that from the anglerfish, the noble anglerfish. <laughs> yeah. But they find the captain of the Enterprise C. And I, I really like the um the old costumes that, yeah. the, that the crew wears. Those yeah, are those cool. are those are from the movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that old red style. Yeah, it's cool. The only thing I will say is that, to me, 
22 years feels a little mm-hmm. uh, recent for the type of story that they're trying to tell and the way that they're telling it. Yeah, like, uh, I, I remember the, I can't remember the captain's name, but she she wakes up in, in sickbay and she's just amazed at how technologically advanced everything is. Right. So I've like, never well, seen a sickbay like years. this. And, <laughs> and I, I don't know, maybe that is how things are going to go. I mean, things, things in our contemporary age progress very quickly. 20 years from now is going to look very different to us. Right. Uh, in terms of technology. But when you think about it, I mean, at some point that's got to slow down, right? Yeah. You'll eventually reach the apex of technology it's that's a difficult it's difficult to talk about this because technological advancement is almost always beyond our purview like what's actually going mm-hmm. to happen um, right but definitely the amount of technological advancement between 1950 and 2000 um is a lot slower of a rate maybe that's a bad 1900 1950 is a lot slower of a rate between 2000 and 2020 or 2010 sure. and 2020. Um, the rate itself advances, as you noted. Now, if there's a cap on that, I don't really know. It, logically speaking, it seems like there should be, but it's just hard to even conceive of what that would yeah. Yeah. what that would look like. But I, I do agree with you that it is just a little bit short of a time period. I don't know the, the lore so well if they were just um, handicapped by the established timeline of... Um, these events, like when the this engagement with the Klingons ha- could have happened. Yeah, I don't think so because one of the original, one of the original scripts that it wasn't even going to be Klingons. I think that they were at war I think, with. I think, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was going to actually be. Well, I mean, one of them was that it was going to be Vulcans, because there was like some kind of time problem where the Vulcans didn't become the logical race that they they are today mm-hmm. they think, would have been more like Romulans which is basically the episode anyway you know yeah what, kinda what is the difference between a, a, a Vulcan and a Romulan other than that one of them says the word logic the first time they show up on screen <laughs> in an episode they do the little hand thing mm. and the pinch thing yeah and the pinch thing which I believe Romulans can't do for whatever reason yeah which is kind of sad isn't it but Data can do it. Data can do it. As, well, as he's, will be established. He can do anything, really. He he does it, and then Spock, like, cocks an eyebrow and says, not bad. And uh, <laughs> then they run out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Joss Whedon writing. <laughs> All my favorite guys come in for one big episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so they find the captain, and they take her to sickbay, right? Yeah, and this is the first real instance of the their commitment, and their rather lack thereof, to not disturbing time, because mm. Picard kind of folds pretty quickly, which I don't mind so much, but he folds pretty quickly and says, you're in the future. This is the Enterprise D. Right, right. What um, does the D stand for? D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's also a, a whole crew too, like like of a hundred something people, right, that are still alive on that ship. Yeah, it's like 150. Yeah, and uh, oh, one one quick thing, uh, Doctor Solar gets name dropped yeah. over the uh, the intercom while we're in sickbay. Okay, 
the famous Dr. Salar. In, indeed. A nice Easter yeah, you, egg. You sound, you sound like you don't remember Dr. Salar. I don't remember Dr. Salar. But I remember pretend the, that I do. The, the Vulcan? The Vulcan? The Vulcan girl? Oh, um, from like season two? Maybe even one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah season two. Yeah, because Pulaski was there, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and she would later go on to be the, the Klingon that Worf banged. Wait, she was a Klingon? Oh, a Vulcan. Wait, what? No, she, no. First, first, the actress played a Vulcan, and it was Doctor Salar. Oh, the actress. Okay. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. I thought there was some weird race mixing going on. No, no. Actually, they someone had an idea. One of the one of the writers, I think, had an idea for Worf and Doctor Salar to have a relationship, mm-hmm. which would have been fascinating. But obviously, that got dropped in favor of just making the actress into a Klingon instead. Right, and making Worf into some weird sexless romantic. Right, right, yeah. No, that that would be great though. Worf with a Kling, uh, a Vulcan. Yeah, that, that, I would have loved to see that. Much better than the Worf Troy romance we inevitably got. <laughs> Which I don't think they ever really did anything with, in so far as like Troy exploring Worf's emotions. Which is kind sure. of the natural way to take that. Instead, it's just a man and a woman. They they fucking get into wacky misunderstandings when Worf's jumping mm-hmm. between parallel universes. <laughs> <laughs> like he sees her in one, she's pregnant. He's like, "Oh my god, we're pregnant." And he goes to another one. Where's the baby? I'm not pregnant. And Worf gets sad. Oh god. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You know that oh episode, right? I know. I I know of it. It's been a very long time. <laughs> it's uh that's another season six or seven maybe seven it's late yeah, yeah. it's another gem it's it's probably seven because you love it so much <laughs> the best best season of the show that and the one where data and picard wear gay masks mm-hmm. <laughs> uh troy is a cake troy is a cake uh crusher in the the ghost house um there's a there's a lot. <laughs> oh my god, I actually can't wait. Yeah. Now there, the the it's it's amazing to me that the finale is as good as it is when um given what preceded it in season seven. Right. Yeah. That's that's pretty funny. The um. So um, e- e- I have one more. Everybody catches some kind of de-evolution virus and becomes strange animals and lizard people. Oh my god. And the whole Dude, it's the entire season. It is. It's God, I kinda wanna jump to season seven. It's like <laughs> finish season three just, just like go to seven. The shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Okay. So okay. they tell the captain, Captain, you're in the year twenty two years after whatever year you were in. Um uh-huh. it's the exact line. And she says, Oh, so eventually they find other crew members. They find Castillo, which is um he's a strapping Castillo. he's a strapping young lad. Yeah, yeah, uh, Christopher McDonald. Yes. Like the restaurant. Great guy. Yeah, like 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 McDonald. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was a good guy. Um he had this weird habit of every time he'd he'd go to the food table, he'd kind of stare at it with like this this wide grin, mm. just unblinking for like two or three minutes before he picked up his food. Very predatory. Was a little weird. Yeah, um, it made me a little uncomfortable. But I, other than that, he was he was 
perfectly nice, but um, I think his casting as Castillo was like either a mix-up or, or a last-minute substitution. Because mm. um, I, I remember around this time there was this casting call going out for uh, for that one evil guy from those teen comedies. Right, like the 16 um, Candles and the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, and you know who that is. Yeah. Um, uh, but the thing is, the, uh, the the Wesley at Star School episode kind of got axed late into its uh, its development. Hmm. So I don't know what happened. They must have just used him for this episode since it got it had to be uh, moved up, like I said, anyway. Um, but and here's here's the important part. The legends say that the uh, the producers still have Chris on speed dial to this day because uh, they're they're just waiting for the perfect opportunity to use him in Star Trek Prodigy. That's good. That's good. I remember at the time when he was starring in all those teen comedies that uh, he was, you know, what, like 35 or something. So, you know, with the rate of how these things scale, it would be fine to get him back in there these days. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't look a day over 50. Right. Right. Which is perfect age to be playing a high schooler. Yeah. Which uh, really helps me self-insert, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> self-insert into dating high school girls. It's it's a wild uh, it's a wild fantasy that's almost inconceivable. <laughs> How could that ever happen? Um, so it's 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 around this time. So this this is where Yar and and Castillo start kind of building this uh, rapport. Rapport, I guess you would say, yeah. Um, Very clinically. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little weird. They they talk mostly about ships and the Enterprise and stuff, and. Um, we get we get what I think is the first instance of uh, the writers, and I guess everyone kind of taking taking out their anger and frustration on Denise hmm. uh, via the episode. Yep. Uh, you know, one of the lines they're walking down the corridor, and 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 Yar has to say, "I was lucky to get the Enterprise." Just a reminder, which is a subtle jab, right? Maybe not so subtle. Well, people got to know their place. Oh, oh yeah, especially Denise. Yeah, especially the the dogs. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's good to it's good to kick them while they're down, is what Gene always said. That was part of his philosophy. With, that is, yeah, that that was with the show. Famous quote. Yeah, um, I believe that that was the guiding precept behind the conception of Voyager. <laughs> uh. Just uh, continuing Gene's legacy. Uh, of cruelty and selfishness. Of cruelty, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, I think the most jarring part of their relationship, development, relationships development, is when Castillo is introducing himself. He says, mm-hmm. oh, my name's Castillo, but my mother calls me... Alan, what is Richard. his name? Richard. Richard. Thank you. Alan. <laughs> Alan. He's going to wake up next to a velociraptor. <laughs> hey, don't talk about Denise like that. <laughs> and um, and Yara's like, okay, Castillo. And he says, no. I think I'd prefer if you called Richard. If you called me Richard. I yeah. forgot for a second. Yeah. And uh, it kind of just comes out of nowhere based on the fact that they're both supposed to be attractive <laughs> um because nothing really 
endears them to each other otherwise. I, I guess they both no. had the same position. They were both tactical officers. Yeah, sure, I guess. But yeah, there, there's nothing that, there's no moment before that that's like, I don't know, like they touch hands or something or right, whatever. They, <laughs> there's no, there's no meat cute to be, to be certain. Um, there's, yeah, there's nothing indicating that they're romantically interested in each other at all. Hmm. Pretty much the entire episode, except for that one line and the time they kiss. So I'm generally a fan of romance in these stories. It's a good way to inject humanity into cold science fiction. Yeah. But I don't think that this episode necessarily needed a romantic angle to to tether Definitely not. Yar to, to this ship. No. I think you could have built this as a more... Uh, buddy or coworker uh like relationship more friendly than overtly romantic I, I guess um maybe have them bantering or whatever and have yar's decision based more on the 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 Guinan stuff rather than yeah the, the the fear of dying for nothing right which is enough of enough of a reason to to not want to stay it's also more compelling of a reason way more compelling you know what? I feel like what they should have done is they should have had Yar and Castillo work on like a big project or something mm. throughout the episode. Mm. And it's like it goes from like you know it's got the ups and downs like oh we can't figure this out or whatever you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And so that that way they they kind of naturally grow close to each other because they're working under this tight deadline and it's stressful and whatever. They get into a little fight. They make up. Depending on how much time you want to to um dedicate to this you could take it a few ways like there's that kind of natural arc you could do a more fear of death kind of thing which tends to bind people together um there's a number of ways that this relationship could be depicted and progress um and we basically got the least satisfying one <laughs> yeah definitely the only problem with with my idea there is we also have to work in uh, like a couple minutes for her to talk to Guinan. Yeah, twice. The, the timing thing is is certainly difficult because the other key part of this episode is Picard's minor struggle with um, sending these people to die, which yeah. I I think is it's a good place to park your B plot, which it is in this episode, and um, enough time, just enough time, is dedicated to it, but it does mm -hmm. need to be there. It does need to be there, and I think you said earlier he does kind of fold pretty quickly, but it's sort of by necessity. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's we a... as the audience know. Mm. Go on. We know. We I mean, we know that these these people need to be sent back. Right. Right. So, I mean, the TNG wasn't just going to suddenly become a dark military show. It'd be cool, but. I, I know you love the lighting. I do. Um, I liked the first time. I know we talked about the vagueness of the dialogue not being great, but I did enjoy how Picard's decision, it's implying a lot about his relationship with Guinan. Yeah. Which is very interesting and um, has the the promise that it'll pay off. Little do we know that it absolutely does not, but... Um, in the moment, it's it's quite good, and also Guinan the non, the unrevealed details of her race that she's cognizant of these different 
timelines in mm-hmm. in vague ways like that's interesting that also doesn't pay off uh well you haven't watched picard season two yet oh my god that where this just occurred to me that that could happen is picard goes and meets Guinan at a bar and she's significantly older than she should be does she say this isn't right <laughs> i'm so fucking old and fat she informs us that she chose to look this old cope (laughs) oh man i mean it's similar it's similar to to picard right how they chose to give him a body that's also old and decrepit when he became a golem right 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 right. (laughs) they could have given him a nice a nice young golem body give him his hair back yeah yeah for sure it's it's really funny because um you look at you look at like the new Star Wars shows mm-hmm. and they have Mark Hamill CGI'd in almost perfectly. Like his mouth moves a little funny sometimes, but they've seriously they're coming close to mastering the art of putting a character in who does not have an actor anymore. How involved is Mark Hamill with that? Is it just his likeness? Does he voice it? Because I mean, it's, it's his likeness. So, so this is this is kind of stupid. They they did like a computer generated version of his voice, which sounds terrible. So it's like so a they shouldn't fake? do that again. Yeah. So they they shouldn't do that again. Um, they really should just. I don't know if this is even possible. Just have him record the lines, and then they can tweak them. Right. Somehow. So but. he was he was not on set. He was not. He never went to to do no, anything. No. He, I don't think so. I he, think they had a stand-in, and that's it. Wow, that's the easiest paycheck of his life. Unless Disney <laughs> owns his likeness, which wouldn't that's surprise the thing. me. Yeah, I don't know if you get paid for your likeness, but who who knows? But that's that's it's funny when you compare that to to Star Trek Picard, where it's like this is a universe where you could absolutely just do that, right? And uh, they obviously don't have the money for it, but that's well, uh, when you're Disney production sad. versus when you're not, I guess. Right. I don't right. know. It's that's clearly where things are going. Um, uh, generated voices and likenesses. and It's not difficult to imagine that actors just become uh, CG models. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, this is what I look like. You know, feel free to use it. My agent will rent but, out my model. Right, right. And the thing is, like, this is literally... P- Picard, the show, was literally made for this. Right, you get Q back, who is immortal. Mm. You get Guinan back, who is immortal. You get Data back, who is immortal. And all three of them look old as hell. Even they even write in an excuse for Picard once he becomes the Golem. They could conceivably uh, give him anybody, and everyone sure, would accept totally. it. It's like, oh, it looks a bit off, but he's an android now, so whatever. Right. Yeah, just make him like normal ass Picard from the eighties. Right. Now, my question is, does the golem have a functioning heart, or does it still have the fucking pacemaker from when the Nausicaan stabbed him after that game of Domjot? <laughs> that has to be the nerdiest thing you've ever said. <laughs> that, 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 it just condensed into one sentence. That's amazing. Uh, where were we, though? 
at the very beginning of the episode. Um, <laughs> so uh, Yar and Castillo are getting to know each other. Guinan's talking to Picard. She's saying this ain't right. And Picard's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, sure. And, um, and he calls his meeting with his staff. And his staff, I like this scene a lot. Um, they all, he says, we're going to send them back. Fuck them. They can die. I don't give a shit. And everyone's like, no, you can't do that. And, yeah. And Picard just puts his foot down and says, I'm not asking for your opinion. I'm the captain. Go do it. Yeah, yep. yeah. We get a little bit more, uh, more Riker tension there, right? Which is cool. Does that that wide-eyed, uh, Frakes look? Yeah, 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 yeah. With all due respect. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, the, the the perfect cadence. Uh, real quick, fish watch. There is no fish. Well, that the, the room's a lot different in this case. That's the ready room, right? Yeah. 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 And right. uh, they, it's redesigned in a lot of ways. There's like all these war maps and diagrams on the wall. We had to redress mm-hmm. the scene, as you alluded to, to the set rather, as you alluded to earlier. Um, and we had a lot of fun with this, actually. And this is some hidden lore for fans of the Ready Room. Oh yeah. When we were dressing that set, and it was not the normal Ready Room; it was different. We actually called it "This is the Readier Room" because mm-hmm. it was new and different and made better for war and um that's a name that's always stuck with me the readier room and when we were making this podcast i knew i just knew it what had to be the title and uh i went and i licensed out that that phrase because we trademarked it they trademarked it and it was difficult to get the rights but um i did it and now we're on the readier room yeah yeah uh, quite the history yeah it's a very interesting story and it's a very interesting I most fact. people didn't know that no yeah um and you know if you ever wanted to kind of flex flex your trek knowledge the other trek fans trekkies you can tell them that in yesterday's enterprise the crew while redressing the sets referred to the ready room as the readier room and now there's a the next generation rewatch podcast called the readier room available on spotify Yes, and YouTube, and they'll be they'll be wowed. They'll say, "Wow, yeah, that's amazing." Yeah, just and then they'll say, "Well, did you know?" Right, you know, and yeah, of course you can say, "Yes, I know everything." I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> After this, they try to get the Enterprise C crew on board, which is very very easy. They just all agree to it almost unanimously right right no one no one seems to want to stay and and potentially live right but it's not really what the episode's about so whatever um and it's easy enough to write it off like these are all soldiers they 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 yeah were the this is the fight that they signed up for so it's not anything that they're gonna run from which whatever i get it yeah it didn't bother me too much no Everybody in the Enterprise D has basically the same attitude. They're all ready to die, so... Yeah. It's not a big leap to imagine this. And basically, but, I think uh, the, the rest of the episode is kind of about Yar um, accepting uh, and learning about her fate. Yeah, well, the the captain of the Enterprise C gets, gets killed. There's, yes. a lot of, there's a lot of death on, on bridges from shrapnel in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> which I've thought about this a lot. What are the logistics 
of a ship getting hit by phasers right. and torpedoes and stuff because right. it's a lot of the room shakes it's a lot of sparks um just shooting yeah. out of nowhere and it's a lot of shrapnel you might have like a little burn on the side of the ship or something but the 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 captain of the enterprise c uh yeah get, gets a piece of shrapnel lodged into her head and dies yeah it's like a gear so tooth car. castillo castillo has to take over right because he's the sole the remaining only... senior officer yeah yeah uh which is great uh and so so we get into phase two where they again have to repair the ship within a certain time limit before they get attacked again because klingons had found them right right yeah and they're going to tell uh, klingon uh central command And that's, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of Yar learning about her death and all that stuff and talking to Castillo, whatever. They kiss. They kiss? They they almost kiss and then they kiss. Oh, my brain must have blacked this out for my benefit. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anything notable really happens until the Klingons attack again. I don't think so. I mean, uh, they're... The conversations of uh, Guinan and Yar are interesting to me, but they're not mm -hmm. that interesting to talk about. But I, no, I, no, I, no. I will say that they're enjoyable television. Yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, Yar ends up going to Picard and saying, hey, I'm going to die, so I might as well just go back to the past. Die for something. Um, which, despite saying that uh, constantly throughout the episode that they, they can't influence the past, Picard basically just says, yeah, okay. Go ahead. I think the and... idea was that the captain of the ship died erroneously uh, relative to time. Oh, okay, yeah. Which forced Castillo to step up, which forces a, a vacancy in tactical. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so... He was already okay with Castillo doing it. Right. Which, there's uh... that meeting between the th him, Riker, and Castillo... And Riker, this his opposition in that scene was strange to me. Up until then, I, I I got it, but the idea that Castillo becoming captain just wasn't going to fly. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> I, I maybe he was just trying to be an asshole for the sake of it. Uh, we're talking about Riker, not Frakes. <laughs> Yeah, who I don't know. I, I I get what you're talking about, but I don't know. So yeah, the really good commentary, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I didn't watch that, uh, so I don't know. But yeah, Yar Yar ends up going to the uh, real quick. Goes to the Enterprise C. Mm -hmm. She's like reporting for duty. And uh, w one thing I did want to point out, because because to this day I don't know if this was a genuine reaction from the actor or if it was in the script. Castillo just turns to her and says, I don't want you here. Yeah, it was a bit of ad-lib, I believe. Yeah, it was convincing, if if so. Right. Uh, and, and Denise kind of had to just play off of it. Now, what really got me was when she shows up and says, uh, you know, Lieutenant Yar reporting for duty, I, I checked the schematics. I don't think there's a bathroom on that bridge. So I was just confused. That is odd. Right. I don't know what her plan was, but 
I'm glad we didn't film it. We did. <laughs> I can only imagine where that would have gone. Right. The, the ship shakes after it gets shot by a torpedo. It just flies everywhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> Denise reported for duty a lot in places that bathrooms didn't exist. I have primarily her trailer, which we refuse to outfit with any uh, reasonable accommodations. Right, right. We called it the swamp. <laughs> A fine uh, mist hung up under the ceiling inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> real dingy. <A> real dinge. <laughs> A dinge. <laughs> Miss Swamp's dinge. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then the Klingons attack again. And it's very and, exciting. It's oh god, is that so? So yeah, the whole scene is that the Enterprise C has to go back through the worm, the wormhole, and the D has to cover them. Right. Which, uh, you know, Gene was always used to covering people with his D. <laughs> I'm glad it made it into an episode. A bit of an homage. Yeah. <laughs> now I think a problem with this is that it highlights how unexciting some of the space battles can be. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You had to get like. You had to get Patrick like flipping over the railing and stuff. Right. And then it cuts to work. It cuts back to the ships and they're just kinda drifting. Yeah, they, they're like pew pew. What what should be an exciting escape is just, you know, grandma cruising into into <laughs> a parking spot. <laughs> uh but we we, uh, we get our second death here. Yeah. Uh, which is which is Riker. Riker right? gets fucked. Um yeah. and now I always thought about this. I had no idea. Uh, where the the bunch of rocks, the foam rocks that assault him, were supposed to come from, right? And, but you know, you just have to make do. Whenever Frank says he's done shooting, he's done shooting. Got to kill him off somehow, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That did end up a little silly looking. Um, for those who don't know, this is kind of common knowledge, but. We were actually going to have a like a whole gauntlet of Final Destination esque deaths on the bridge as Picard was jumping from console to console trying to cover for them, mm. like as they would die. Uh, so you know, obviously we we got Riker's death, uh, but we had planned to have, I think it was Wesley got decapitated, Data's head would be blown off, uh, in some kind of like electrical yeah incident because uh, we had Jordy's the head skin, Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We just have it laying around. Jordy's uh, skin would be melted off his body, um, and then Crusher would be impaled through the mouth by an obelisk, uh, which the effects guys are really excited to do. Hmm. It's a shame it never happened. Um, but the the Wesley one actually made it pretty far and almost got filmed, um, but obviously wasn't meant to be. I remember with the Crusher one, they had the plan was to make a prosthetic, not a prosthetic, but a, a model of her head, kind of similar to Data actually, to do the impaling with. And as far yeah. as they got was just a bust of Crusher's head with the mouth like widely opened to accommodate mm -hmm. the obelisk, but mm -hmm. they never completed it. And I don't really know what happened to that bust, but it it never showed up in the prop room again. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the final stage of that prop, they actually put a, a mouth-shaped fleshlight in, so it would it would expand ah, correctly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it again either. 
Which, it's a shame. That would have been a fine item to auction off for charity. You know, yeah, for, that would have gone for a, for a high price. Fan memorabilia. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe they gave it to Gates so she could, you know, kind of practice applying makeup onto it to see how it would look on her. <laughs> she could practice for once. <laughs> uh, yeah, so long story short... The Enterprise C gets away, and uh, everything's okay. We're back to normal again. Very, very abrupt. I, and I like this. It's yes. a very abrupt change back to the normal bridge. Just like it was abrupt at the start. It's um, yeah. It's it's flaccid in the best way possible. Totally. Uh, now there is a little bit of minor celebration with uh with Guinan ostensibly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's there's this knowing cut to her where uh. You yeah, get, you get yeah. the feeling that she senses everything's at peace. But um, to me, it seems like it should have been a very short amount of time between when Worf left Ten Forward and when um, Guinan is in Ten Forward at the end to talk to Jordy. Mm-hmm. So, so in my mind, did Worf get summoned to the bridge? And Guinan immediately went to the next table where Jordy was there, and basically well, no, it would have it would have been a while though. It would have been like a few hours at least. Are you sure? Yeah, because because I mean the timeline changed, but time still passed. I suppose. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm no temporal scientist. Did you notice Jordy was still wearing the the alternate universe uniform? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I don't know how that got messed up, but uh, it's pretty pretty big oversight. Yeah, maybe that's maybe it's a um, foreshadowing that not everything is as it seems. One thing I did want to note was it would be cool if um, you know when they're fighting the Klingons and like the, the Klingons like contact them and they're like oh surrender or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been cool if that was Worf. Yeah, I I don't know the specifics of Worf's backstory if that would not make sense or not. Um, but that would have been cool. It might have been unnecessary, but it would have been cool. It was it was in the script to to potentially be Worf. Ah, it, it, was, it was like maybe Worf. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done it pretty pretty. I don't know, subtly. That might not be the right word, but just just have Worf's voice on that intercom yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, no, that that would be cool. Yeah, work him in there somehow. Uh. But yeah, I guess I guess we've reached the end. That's it. That yeah, was the, that was the episode. I really liked it. Yeah, it's a good episode. I know you hate it, but I don't. I don't hate it. I just. I just don't. I don't see the the fanfare for it as much. It's not what I really come to Trek for. I guess. To, Maybe I, I don't know. I, I I hate to keep coming back to this. I mean, I love to keep coming back to this, but it's it to me. It does a lot of what deep space nine would ultimately do in a lot of different ways uh in, uh, in its look and trek basically in its look in its feel um because make the series completely untrek like i i don't get that i don't get that vibe that that deep space nine is is not trek it's different but i i think they both play in the same uh general separate but equal separate but equal much like picard and cisco um 
Yeah, whatever. I mean, I acknowledge it's a good episode. It's just not one of my all-time favorites like like it is for seemingly everyone else. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a fine take to have. Uh, I'm just thinking more about what, in general, is Trek. Is there room for darker tones and darker visuals in Trek? Or is that does that upset the fabric of Star Trek? Because I haven't watched the original series. I don't know how much of that what that laid out clashes with things like this because uh, i imagine that was a lot more innocent in a lot of ways yeah no i mean i think there's room for it i i think the beginning of tng was particularly uh psychotic in in how it was laid out in terms of like no one could ever fight with each other and right stuff like that like the, the original series was not like that gene was just off his rocker at that point Dementia. and so it, it took a lot of time to course correct hmm. That's all. Well, I'm just but, uh, glad we eventually course corrected th- to the point where there's a Luxwana Troy episode every every season. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, she has episodes in DS9 too, doesn't she? That's she has one every season. Great, great. It's so in my rewatch, my rather my watch of Deep Space Nine, um, I have to strategize and I have to look forward because if I ever end a night's worth of watching where the next episode is a Luxwana Troy episode, I'm never going to want to start again. And it's, it, <laughs> I have to leave like a good episode before that and yeah. then watch that alongside the Luxwana Troy episode <laughs> just to, just to you know make it palatable. Right. Yeah. That's, that's understandable. And it's so upsetting too. They can strike at any point in a season. <laughs> Did this, does she bring her giant, servant with her i think she did at the beginning but that stops what she does bring <laughs> is a is a bunch of disgusting wigs <laughs> oh man I, ca- I can't wait to watch deep space nine it's it's got great moments and it's got other moments to be sure so um god i couldn't really choose there's so there's so much good trivia here Oh, before that, yeah, I would say four and a half saucer steps. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean that's fine. Four, four and a half. You, you follow uh, your heart. You don't gotta toe the company. No, line. I know. I, I don't think it's a bad episode. I just, I just, I don't know. It, it, it got hyped up for me for the longest time. I mean, we, we filmed it. I watched it on TV. Kind of put it to rest, and then. Every like everything I would hear from fans was just this is the best episode of all time. So you know I go back to rewatch it. And I'm like I, I'm still not, yeah, still not feeling it. And I every time I rewatch it, I'm just like it's it's really good, I guess. But I don't know. I I, I, I can't articulate it. I hear that. Like I I did put it pretty highly relative to what we've seen. But knowing what's coming, um, I know it's not going to be the best episode of the uh, of the series, but. No, that's that's the the Troy becomes a cake episode. Yes, uh, also the data phone inside of his chest episode. <laughs> I mean, this is completely aside, but I think my favorite episode might be the data gets stolen episode. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, where he um he pulls the trigger on the the phaser at the end. He's he was actually going to kill somebody. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was a good one. But um. I don't know why I went to that tangent. Yeah, with with this. 
Um, fuck. I completely missed my point, so I want to talk about data. Whatever. Whatever. Give me your trivia. All right, I, I've got two for you today, because I, I couldn't choose. Okay. Um, I, th- I think I have two, at least. So, the 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 fatal shrapnel embedded into Captain Garrett's head mm-hmm. was a wing from, from an F, a VF-1 Valkyrie model kit from the Japanese anime series what? It's not Dirty Pair, is it? It's not Dirty Pair. All right. It's around that same time, though. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a popular one. Might be off your radar, though. I, Gundam would be the easy choice. How about Legend of the Galactic Heroes? That's a, that's a good guess, but no. Ah, oh, damn. What is it? It's not Nadesco. It's not Nadesco, no. No, Nadesco, Nadesco was a couple years later. Okay. Uh, this was Macross. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah, shame. Um, good trivia, though. There, there was another one, though, and I've already forgotten what it was. Another trivia? Yeah. Oh, oh, here's... Jonathan Frakes admitted, to this day, I do not understand yesterday's Enterprise. I do not know what the fuck happened to that episode. I'm still trying to understand it, but I like the look. Is this a question? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just... Uh, you know, I get all my trivia from from Memory, Memory Alpha, Alpha, so... Okay. Well, uh, I, that's a very enjoyable factoid. I'm sorry. Yeah, a very great. A very enjoyable fact. <laughs> Do you know the difference between a fact and a factoid? Okay, here's one. Apocrypha. The novel Q-squared establishes that in the military timeline from this episode, mm-hmm. Deanna Troy's absence from the Enterprise was due to what? I didn't even notice that she was not here. Yeah, I know, right? It's probably why I enjoy the episode so much. Um, <laughs> I guess... The count- simple answer. Well, the simple answer is that she was killed. But, I mean, there's a number of simple answers that military ships sure. wouldn't have civilian counselors. Civilian, I don't know. But, um, it's, 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 that, it's not anything to do with, with her job or whatever. Is it Beta Z and the Federation weren't... were not on peaceful terms no um was she killed by klingons yeah what <laughs> in fact all of the betazoids were what the klingons just destroyed beta z basically and they didn't see it coming they didn't sense a hostile presence yeah I, right i don't know and and you know that novel where troy has a gun on yeah. the cover yeah she can obviously fight the battle of beta z yeah right strange uh but you know if it if it gives us less troy i'm game oh <laughs> uh, well unfortunately she's back next episode damn my mind is just fascinated by that frakes quote yeah <laughs> it's not a complicated episode at all right right i mean y- you know how it is like if you didn't rewatch the episode maybe because it's different when you're actually yeah that's fair if performing you're performing and you know, you reading a script is different. Only paying attention to the scenes you're in, very different. Yeah. Um, but part of me wants to believe that he just had no idea what what um, tone he should be going for in the performance, yeah. and yeah. that his hostility is just general confusion. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be great, yes. <laughs> but it worked. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's uh, that's gonna be it for today's Enterprise. Today's <laughs> episode of the Readier Room. Uh, <laughs> join us for tomorrow's Enterprise. Um, be sure to check out our sponsors, um, Denny's, home of the Grand Slam and the Tauntaun Men, um, Pet Boys, who are home of the Pep Pep Men and the Three Minute Oil Change. Um, at either of these fine establishments, if you drop the keyword Readier, say that Mitch or Brandon sent you, you'll get 15% off whatever you're purchasing. And be sure to come back next time for tomorrow's Enterprise and another episode of the next generation of Star Trek. Um, We're going to be here with all our behind-the-scenes stories and hidden lore, and we're eager to see you all again. So until then, everybody, please stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man-Child. Lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. Do you consider yourself superior to us? Should have told him to mind his own damn business. But I stroke the beard thusly. Do I not appear more intellectual? Have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle bottle?